Welcome to the Top Business Leaders Podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Welcome, everyone. I'm delighted that you're here today. This is Dan Janelle, your book coach, and I'm delighted to welcome Chris Mullins, who has a very interesting story to tell. So welcome. Thanks for being here, Chris. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Chris, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you do? I have been in business for 25 years, and uh, I'm known as the phone sales doctor. And what we focus on is coaching and training team members on how to handle inbound sales or customer service calls and outbound sales and customer service phone calls. We do that by listening to their calls. We listen to their call recordings of prospects. And um, we monitor the calls, we critique the calls, we score the calls, and then we actually provide a training program to help them to improve. Wow, that sounds fascinating. How did you get started in this? Well, um, when I first started in uh, just having a job, I was in the newspaper industry for 10 years, and I was a receptionist, and then I grew into inside sales and to their call center, which was inbound sales and outbound sales for advertising and got all the way up to publisher of 21 newspapers. And then I got really gutsy and I said, Hey, everybody's trying to get me to leave one newspaper to go to the next. I think I'll just stop everything and start my own business, (laughs) which, which wasn't the way to go do that. You know, not cold Turkey with no business plan. But so what I did was um, I used, you know, newspapers as my leads to go and train them Um, in my own business to do the same thing that I was doing when I worked for them. But newspapers wasn't a good market when the internet came. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I was getting leads from like Blue Cross Blue Shield, casinos, the airlines, real corporate kind of um, businesses. So I've worked with butchers, bakers, and candlestick makers for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, when I was working with all these different companies, one thing was definite that they all had, even back then, they all had um, a call recording system in place, like an ACD system, call monitoring. They all recorded their calls, but not one of them took the time to listen to the calls and monitor them and critique the calls and use them for even quality assurance. And so that was a crossroads for me when I was teaching them sales. And um, I would say to the CEOs, like, there's nothing else I can teach you, that you've got the tool that you need. Just listen to your phone calls. And we call it RMFD, Record, Monitor, Feedback Daily. And I couldn't get them to do it. So I said, you know what? There's nothing else I could teach them. I tried one more thing. I drove to Radio Shack in the town that I still live in. I asked the guys behind the counter to show me how to record phone calls. I bought a cassette player on the spot. And I said, no, you don't understand. I want you to show me how to record calls right now. And so we called my house. I learned how to record phone calls. I was the only person in my business. And that began our mystery shop program where we actually played mystery shopper, playing prospects, calling all of our clients 
and recording the calls to demonstrate here's how the calls are being handled. And so we, we got in the mystery shopping business and, and uh, training people on how to improve. But the whole reason it started is because I just couldn't get these corporate people to actually do it or train one of their team members to do it. That's fascinating. I worked for newspapers too, so I have to ask you uh, where, where you worked because I was the business editor of a, of a Gannett paper in uh, Westchester County, New York, and I started with uh, Gannett in uh, Florida. And I still remember having uh, the late shift uh, telemarketer people come in and saying, "Hello, this is Christine from the Today newspaper. How is your subscription coming along? Oh, right. you don't get our newspaper? Well, I'm glad you called. We're running a special promotion right now. Would you like to get us like?" Ah, <laughs> oh, you just did a great job, Dan. I still remember. It's like 30 years. I still remember it. Ah, it's like grained into me. I'm sure you could have helped them tremendously. Which papers were you with? So the last group I was with was Hart Hanks Community oh, Newspapers yeah, yeah. in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, the- but I worked for newspapers for 10 years. So I worked at weeklies and dailies and corporate papers. And, and that's really where everything began. But, uh, I started being the mystery shopper for our clients and it got out of hand. There was so many clients. So I started to hire people Mm. and we have mystery shoppers across the country. Fantastic. Great. Now you, at some point you decided to write a book to help you grow your business. How did you come to that decision? Um, I just decided that, you know, if you have a book, um, you can claim your celebrity status a lot easier and um, a lot of people, they're really impressed with the book. And I'd rather hand out my book as a business card than one of those little old business cards. So I thought it was just a good marketing step. And it really kind of raised the level of um, celebrity, if you will, um, by having a book. What were people's reactions when you gave them the book? They, well, first off, they were just like, oh, right, can I have your autograph? You know, they're just excited <laughs> by it and, and all of that. Because I've written three books And, you know, if they, even in the bathroom, if they overheard me talking, I had a student in the bathroom one day that overheard me talking when I was done in the bathroom and getting ready to leave. And she came out and I was still there and she said, you're Chris Mullins. I know you're Chris Mullins because she could tell by my accent. And she (laughs) said, don't leave. She said, come out in the hallway. I want to get your autograph in my book. Because what I used to do is whenever I would speak on stage, part of my deal was, I'd like to have my book in the registration bags as a free gift. And so that's how I got my book out there. And, um, but people are impressed with it and it, it's having a book is a big deal. That's a great marketing tip. Did you, do you find that meeting planners uh, appreciated the idea of getting a free gift from you for their attendees? They loved it. They loved it because this is a book inside the registration bag. It wasn't a flyer or a brochure or you know, little tchotchkes, this was a book. So they really did like it a lot. And it makes them feel good. It makes them look good as well with with the attendees. Now, did you use that in your marketing to get the speaking engagement originally? Or did you get the speaking engagement and then say, by the way, I'll throw in a, a copy of the book for everyone? I got the speaking engagement first and then just said, by the way. And, you know, we would just have hundreds of books shipped to wherever I was going. Did you uh, sell the book to them or did you give it to them for free? We gave them to them for free. Okay. There are people who, yeah, who, who actually build this into their sales process, but I agree with you. The purpose of the book is to uh, get a prospect 
and you'll make a lot more money from a prospect than you will from the sale of a book. So if you can get the book into all those hands and you get a few clients from it, it, it well, it's well worth it. So I want to open up our listeners' eyes to that strategy. Now, uh, what other marketing strategies do you have for getting the book into your prospects' hands? I mean, the main one, main one has been um, speaking, but also what I would do is past clients, we would just automatically send them a book. So just mail them a book for no reason, autograph the book, and send it to them with a little thank you card, a little note card. And we do that on a, on a regular basis. Um, just any, any past clients, any prospects that we get, they all automatically get a book no matter what. And then, of course, our, our established clients. And then if somebody's interviewing me, um, one of the things that I offer is um, to provide my book for free to the people that, that they have in their herd. And um, so as many options as you can to have it out there for free is the best thing to do. Excellent advice. Um, I'm wondering uh, how you decided to write your book, you know, the topic. I I just finished a a coaching call with one of my new clients, and he was debating between, well, I could write a sales book or I could write a leadership book, and I'm passionate about both, and I'm well-known in both areas. And, you know, we worked through some exercises to help him try to figure it out, and we're still in that process. But I'm curious. You've written three books. How did you decide which book to write first? Well, the first book, um, it was easy to decide because um, I was working in all kinds of businesses. It wasn't like one one niche. So I wrote a generic book about the telephone, monkey business, today's phone, weary office, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, take Fridays off. And that, <laughs> that was the name of the book. And very, very generic. And it was just, it was really easy to do that because I also publish a newsletter. So I have an eight page print newsletter that goes in the good old fashioned mail every month with a bright orange envelope. And so we accumulated all the content from the newsletter and repurposed it. Um, whenever I would be interviewed by somebody, I'd have them transcribed and repurpose that material. Um, I do a lot of coaching and training programs along with my master coaches and we would transcribe actual training classes and have those repurposed. So I already, always had a book candy because of my content. I just repurposed it. And the other thing that I did that is so easy for anybody to do is I had a handheld um, digital recorder. And I would leave one in the bathroom and one in the living room and one in my office and one in my car. And I w- they were always handy. And whenever I had a thought, because you always get thoughts later on. Well, whenever I had a thought that would be great for my book, I could just grab my recorder and I recorded it. And so I had a bunch of recordings and they got transcribed and there was material for my book. Those are great ideas. I want to emphasize those for uh, everyone who's listening, because one of the biggest questions I get on my ask my ask me anything calls, which I do once a month, is, you know, I don't have time to write a book. Uh, Where do I get content for a book? And I tell people exactly what you what you just said. You can easily recreate content. You don't have to start from scratch. So if you've done seminars or speeches or teleseminars or podcasts like this, you have content. If you've written blog posts and articles, you have content. One of my clients actually published a book of their former blog posts. They just hired an editor to go through it. And bingo, uh, in a month or so, they, they had a book done. It was great. 
What were some of the problems you uh, encountered, though? I mean, everything takes longer <laughs> than, than you plan on. Uh, even though we said the process is easy, there were probably some things that you, some, some hiccups along the way. What were some of those hiccups that you learned about that we can overcome so we don't make the same mistakes? So the main, the main one for me was that um, initially when I first started writing books was I was too picky. Hmm. And um, I kind of made the process be a little bit longer than it needed to be, you know, because I wanted it to be just right. And so I let go of that and um, just decided good enough is good enough. Of course, you want to do a good job, but you need to get rolling with it and just move forward and just trust that whatever you write, it's it'll be fine. Just have a good editor and whatever you write will be fine. Don't worry about, oh, it's not perfect. It's not exactly the way I want. You can write another book. So I had to get out of my own way. Great answer. Great advice. Because the perfectionist trap uh, catches a lot of people. And, uh, you know, there are always going to be typos in a book. We hope there aren't. Uh, I just finished writing a book with a doctor. We co-wrote it. And I ran it through spell checkers and grammar checkers and pro writing aid and whatever made it as good as possible. And he found a couple of errors and we fixed them. And then his wife read it and she found a couple of errors and we fixed that. Then we showed it to a copy editor and she found a couple of errors and we fixed that. And then we hired another copy editor and she (laughs) found a couple more errors and, you know, we fixed that. And there probably are a few more errors in there, but we've made it as good as possible. And we'll just live with it. And if someone on Amazon writes, there was a typo on page 167, I'd probably say, well, I'm glad they didn't see the typo on page 134. So <laughs> they're not perfect either. Um, now, you, you right. self, am I correct in saying you self-published your books? Yeah, I, I self-published all of them. Exactly. Okay. What were some of the things you learned through the whole self-publishing process? Um, I just, I didn't realize when I first started um, writing books um, that how powerful uh, self-publishing can be and Amazon is. So, um, you know, and I didn't really realize that I can control a lot more if I self-publish versus having a publisher. So that was really the main thing. I uh, The biggest thing I realized is I could get it done a lot quicker mm-hmm. and it was really easy to do. I have a really good editor. I picked a, a company that could provide the book cover. I, I know I can get the books on demand and um, it's just, it's fast and I control it. Uh, you mentioned something about Amazon in the beginning of your comment there. Could you go a little bit deeper about uh, the power of Amazon for you? Because again, you wanted to use the book as a big business card, but obviously Amazon is playing a role in this. Tell us about that. Yeah, Amazon plays a role because the, my book is on my website and um, they can buy it through Amazon. So, um, and they have an on-demand print service uh, that used to be called Create Space, mm-hmm. and I, I, th- I think it's called uh, Kindle Direct Publishing or right. something like that right, right. now. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the main reason I did that, and we get sales through there. But the sales aren't through the roof because, again, that's not the main reason for it. But if somebody wants to find me. They can, they can find me on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon is also good because uh, a prospect could be looking for someone like you and they right. stumble across your book and then they dig deeper and the book serves as a silent salesperson for you or as an active salesperson because they get to know, like, and trust you by reading your book and then they want to do business with you. So if they stumble upon it by Amazon, that's perfectly cool too. I tell my clients that... Uh, it's great when that happens, but it's better when you are proactive, as you've 
described to actually send the book to the people who you want to be your prospects instead of waiting them for happening to stumble onto Amazon. But when it does happen, that's great because that, that's, that's free advertising. So that's a wonderful thing for Amazon to do for all of us. Right. Um, you, so you decide to write book number two and book number three. Take us through that process. Why did you feel you needed to write another book? Because, you know, one book gives you credibility. What happens when you have two or three books? How did your life change then? So what happened is um, I went from working with um, all kinds of businesses um, to teach phone sales, inbound and outbound phone sales, and speaking on stage to suddenly um, it was narrowing down to law firms. So 95% of our clients right now are law firms worldwide. Um, we still work with other um, you know, miscellaneous type businesses, but law firms are our primary market. And so I wanted to have a specific um, book for law firms, mm-hmm. not a generic book. And so um, our students are the intake specialists, which are also like inbound salespeople, um, but they're called intake specialists at law firms. It's a term also used in the medical industry. And um, those are they're our students, and we listen to their phone calls, and we listen to thousands of phone calls, our real recorded prospect calls, and we hear really horrific kind of stories going on there. These intake specialists are listening to people calling that are in trouble with trauma, that maybe um, their husband just died, like literally just died, or somebody else wants to commit suicide. Mm. Um, and and these intake specialists are just customer service people. They haven't been taught anything special on crisis management or anything like that. And so I decided that um, uh, I felt that intake specialists were heroes, that without an intake specialist, a law firm can't exist. There's no need for a lawyer or for a law firm without an intake specialist because they handle all prospect phone calls. So we came up with um, a name called um, Intake Specialists, the Unsung Heroes Mm. of Law Firms Worldwide. And um, we did like Chicken Soup for the Soul and interviewed some intake specialists, uh, kept their names out of it. But they told some pretty, pretty um, deep stories of how they handle these phone calls and what they're like and um, turned them into heroes. So that was book. That was the second book. And then the third book is um, also for the legal market, but it's um, more for anybody in the legal market can read it. Mostly it would be like the managing partner and the CEO. And it's, um, you know, great marketing is not enough if your prospects don't convert. And so that's the third book. So leading towards more the leader, the decision maker, the unsung heroes are also for the decision maker, but it's also to help the intake specialist to feel great. And then Monkey Business was just generic in my very first book. That's a great story of, of how you got deeper and deeper into the niche. And uh, as someone more famous than I said, the riches are in the niches, and you're proving that. Uh, one of the questions that a lot of my clients have is that they start out as generalists as you did, and then you found your niche. Did your niche find you, or did you find your niche? How did that happen? Uh, I would say with the legal niche, um, initially it found me um, just by speaking at conferences and being in certain mastermind groups. Um, There were um, managing partners that were in the same mastermind groups as well as other businesses. And so that's how it found me. They were attracted to me because of what I did. 
And, um, but then I made it happen because I just stayed focused on that market because I knew that it was an untapped market. It still is an untapped market for what I do um, for many things. And so I just zeroed in on it and really focused hard on it. And, um, you know, I'm pretty well known in the legal industry. Well, I, I think you're brilliant in terms of finding the intake specialist and turning them into heroes and realizing their true worth. I have another client who works in the dental industry, and he realized that the dental uh, technician, the person who you know scrapes your teeth and everything, is the perfect person to sell all additional services because people really trust that person. And now... Uh, th- he has entire courses on how to find the best people, how to train them, how to uh, make the most out of them, and and all that. And it's uh, just by going deeper and deeper into the niche, you find something that you didn't even think of uh, when you first started your business. So that's that's really cool, uh, Chris. As we wrap up, uh, why don't you tell us um, uh, how people can get in touch with you and uh, the name of your latest book on Amazon, and then I'll also ask you one final wrap up question uh, for your golden nugget. Okay, super. Well, the name of my latest book is Great Marketing is Not Enough if Your Prospects Don't Convert, and that's geared towards the legal niche. But quite frankly, anybody can read that book, and it applies to all businesses. And um, they can find me by going to my website, which is lawfirmconversions, so that's plural, dot com, lawfirmconversions.com. And what you want to do when you go there is you can um, schedule a free mystery call. So even if you're not in the legal business, don't worry about the questionnaire that you're going to fill out. It's really short. Just answer the questions as it pertains to your business. We'll know you're a different business. We'll still do a free mystery call. And then you get a a mystery call debrief with me on Mm -hmm. the phone. I'll play that mystery call for you and tell you what worked and what the opportunities were. So that's how you can get in touch with me and, Take advantage of seeing how your own team is doing with handling phone calls. Excellent. That's a very generous offer. Uh, Thank you very much. We'll put all that information in the show notes as well so people can just click a link and easily go there. So that's wonderful. So as we wrap up, um, what is the one piece of advice you would give to a small business owner who hasn't written a book, who might be thinking about writing a book but hasn't taken the plunge yet? Uh, the first thing I would say is to to try not to be afraid. You know, it's 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 okay. It's it's not something that's gonna um, you know be a terrible experience for you. No matter what happens, it's gonna be an amazing experience because as soon as you have the courage to lean forward and just dive in and just start typing away or recording away, mm-hmm. if, if you're more comfortable, you're gonna be so proud of yourself and amazed. Your words are so strong and powerful that you, you're a hero yourself the moment you put your words on paper. So just just lean forward and do it. It'll be okay. You're going to make mistakes, but it'll work out. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Chris. You, were, you gave a lot of great information. And I'd like to thank everyone who's listening today. Uh, we'll be back with another interesting podcast with another a successful small business author next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, 
You can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.